Dallas fed him the puck. Now Dallas spins and fires. Hart doesn't have it, does he? No, he kept it out. What a stop by Carter Hart right on the goal line. This is kind of a blue-collar community. Uh, they like the hard-working guys in Cumberland and certainly emulated that. And away come the Rebels, and Dumba peels by Siemens, in over the line, gets dropped, shoots and scores! Great individual effort by Matthew Dumba. Quinto will play it for Nolan Patrick, breaking in, shot, score! Welcome into WHL Unfiltered. Pleased to be joined by five-time Stanley Cup champion and NHL Hall of Famer, Grant Fuhrer. Uh, how's life treating you, Grant? I've got no complaints. Life's actually pretty good right now. That's good. That's uh, that's always good, especially, you know, as, with all the all the success you've had over the years that, you know, that, that uh, you know, you can still look back and smile. It's, it's you know, all the, all the wars you've been through and, and, and all that type of thing, right? That's the fun of playing hockey for a living. You meet so many good people, and it's a good life. Yeah, you pay a little bit of a price for it, but at the same time, there's no better thing to do for a living. Yeah, it sure it sure looks like a lot of fun from from where I'm sitting, and the rest of us that you know didn't you know aren't part of that you know elite group that that, that gets the the chance to to play for a living. Well, we're pretty fortunate that way. You get a chance to play a game for a living, so. I mean, I think every kid dreams of doing that when they're growing up. So the chance to, when you finally get that opportunity, it's pretty special. So this is a, a Western League based show. So let's uh, let's let's go out to Victoria. Let's let's start with uh, with your life when, with the Cougars. And I mean, you were part of the winningest team in league history to to this day. And you know that's got to be you know a, a hell of a way to start a career, right? It was great. I mean, I went out. Kind of a wide-eyed kid going to Victoria. I was all oh, but 16 years old, 16, 17 years old. So I had no idea what to expect and kind of walked into a great situation where they had the startings and the beginnings of a great hockey team. And it happened to play a style that I was pretty comfortable with. So it kind of worked out great for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of the. The first we see of, uh, you know, Grant Fuhrer, the workhorse, as far as playing a ton of games, you know, which is a, a good way to rack up a lot of wins. I mean, what, I mean, how, uh, what, what's that like as far as the, the, the first, your first time out in junior and, okay, you're going every night, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you want, right? It is. I mean, I think I was pretty fortunate. Growing up as a kid, I got a chance to play a lot of hockey and going into junior, Kevin Eastman was there. He was our veteran and, I figured he'd probably play a lot, and I'd kind of get a chance to look and see, but Jack Shoup saw fit to let me play a fair amount. And it's, that's all you want to do as a goalie. You want to play as much as you can. The players all prepare to play every day. So as a goalie, I was always taught as a young kid that you prepare to play every day. So it fit what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, and that that uh, that era was a little a little before my time. I, 
I reached out to my buddy Cleve Deanshaw that writes for the, the, the Times Colonist out there who, you know, who covered, who covered some of those Cougar teams back then. And he's still, he's still working on the island today. And he, he gave me some, some questions to work with. And he says that, uh, that, that Wickenheiser gave you a lot of trouble in the, in, in those playoffs that year. Yeah. Well, we were, we played reasonably well all season long, but Regina had a good team. And I think we were pretty evenly matched with Regina. It's just, they happened to play a little better than we did, and we lost to them in seven games. So, I mean, it's one of those things that you have to basically you have to lose to learn how to win. So, it was it was our first experience of getting close to having a chance of winning without winning. So, I think we learned a lot from it. Well, I mean, you guys bounced back that that next year, and and uh, and, and again, we've discussed about the the success you guys had putting up putting up sixty wins in a seventy two game season, which is that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it wasn't too shabby. I mean, we had a lot of guys that came back, and a lot of good players. I mean, Barry Peterson was one of our leaders. Uh, who else do we have? Mark Morrison came in and had a really good year. Paul Sear, uh, Terry Sador came in that year and played. So we had a good club and. I think we'd learned a lot the year before that you can't take the foot off the gas pedal. I mean, you've got to play hard your whole year, and the best thing you can do is win every night. And it carried through right through the playoffs for us. I mean, a lot of us romanticize, you know, especially your time in the Oilers, which we'll get to, but even in the Western League, we romanticize that era as far as it just being run and gun and just flying up the ice and, you know, a ton of goals every night. I mean, that's probably not as fun for, you know, a, a, a player in your position. But, I mean, what what was that What was that era like? I mean, it was a wild, wild, wild west? I thought it was great. I mean, as a kid, you play run and gun hockey pretty much. Nobody's really worried was worried about defensive systems back then. And to go into junior and play kind of an offensive-based system where you're going to give up some shots but you're going to score some goals, was great. It was a great transition for me to turn pro because Edmonton played the same style, where it was run and gun, and you're going to give up some shots, and but the guys are going to score some goals. So I couldn't have picked a better spot to play junior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, you always hear people joking about how the only time you saw your defenseman was, you know, the in, in the locker room when the, you know, the beginning of the period, the end of the period. You know, they didn't really come back to, to help you a lot of times. But, uh, I mean, but as a goalie, I mean, you, you want the work, right? You do. I mean, and I, I was always better when I got more work. I mean, I think the tougher games were when you had 20, 21 shots where you tend to lose focus a little bit, that sort of thing. But, I mean, I was lucky. I played on teams. We gave up a lot of shots. But at the same time, we also scored a lot of goals. And at the end of the day, the only stat that anybody really cares about is winning. So... Fortunate to play on some teams that have won a lot of hockey games. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an understatement for sure. I mean, some of the some of the talent you know that that played in front of you of you know every, everywhere in the league, but in particular those those Edmonton years. I mean, you know, we'll probably never see. Well, we probably won't see that style of hockey again. Maybe a little more as time goes on, but I mean, we'll probably never see that group of of players together for for that long. You know, in in one team. Well, it's a fun place to play. I mean, practice is as much fun as the games. You get to play with five or six of the best players in the game, and I get to see them every day, and they wanted to score as much as I wanted to stop them. So it made me better. Hopefully I made them better, and it was fun every day. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing is we really enjoyed going to the rink because it was a good time every day. As as an Edmonton kid, I mean, how – how special was that? I mean, the Oilers were kind of just getting going as far as coming over into the, you know, back from the WHA and, 
I mean, how special is that to get on in on the ground floor with the, with the hometown team? That's well, great. I mean, obviously, all you want to do is play in the National Hockey League, but to be lucky enough to be drafted home, basically. So I get a chance to go home. I get to live at home my first year. It's a pretty comfortable transition to play pro hockey. And the fact that I was an Oilers fan growing up as a kid, because they were in the WHA at that time, makes it that much more special. As I watched him as a kid, and to actually put the jersey on and get a chance to play for him was pretty special. You mentioned, you know, getting drafted by the Oilers and, you know, going in the first round is, is pretty special. There's only so many guys that ever get a, to claim that. And, you know, when I was um, speaking with, uh, you know, the producer of, of, of your, your documentary, they were talk, talking about how, uh, you know, the, the Oilers were a little hesitant on you as far as the, um, you know, your Memorial Cup, you know, didn't go quite the way you wanted it to. And, and you know, they, they uh, the scouts really had to go, to go to bat for you to, to, to get you on board, I mean, how 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 close were you to to, end, to going somewhere else? Do you think? Oh, I was probably fairly close. I mean, Andy Moog had just come off a great playoff against the Montreal Canadiens. They had Ronnie Lowe in a veteran. They had Gary Edwards, who was another veteran, had been around. So at that point, I didn't really fit into their plans in any way. So I was actually a little surprised that they drafted me. But Barry Fraser stuck up for me. He saw me play a few times over the course of the year. And yeah, the Memorial Cup was okay, but it wasn't great. It was probably some of the worst hockey I played all year. So it was bad timing, but at the same time, they still had faith in me. Yeah. Well, you know, listeners of this show watch Memorial Cup every year. And, you know, we talk about it all the time, how it's a, it's a difficult format. And, you know, yeah, if it takes a couple games to get warmed up, well, that's it. It's over. You know, and and it's it's uh you know after you have the uh, uh you know seven a seven game series for four rounds and then now you you get judged on what you did for a couple of games in this, a strange city in a different format and you know it it happens every year but in in this case it sounds like uh, again you're the scouts really kind of stuck up for you the guys have been following your whole your whole career to that point they did we had great series with Portland every year I mean that was the one thing to get out of your own division was hard. And then once you crossed over, the first year we played against Regina, who they were an awesome team at that time. The next year we played against Calgary, and it was a seven-game battle with Calgary to get out of the league. So, I mean, you play a lot of hockey, and you put in a good body of work, and then you get to the Memorial Cup, and it's three, maybe four games is all they see. So there's a bigger body of work that goes in long before that. So when you... When you got to the Oilers, I mean, again, this is it was the the right time and the right place, and and you guys really started, you know, building something and, and ascending, you know, right from right from when you showed up in the town. I mean, how what was that build like? I mean, how how exciting was it to, to come to the rink every day, knowing that you know, you're just getting better all the time? Well, I was lucky my first year. I had no expectations. I mean, I went there thinking that I was going back to junior to play another year in Victoria. They'd had veteran guys. They had Andy coming off a of playoff, so. I was just happy to put the uniform on and get into an exhibition game. I had no idea that I'd stay and play. So for me, there was no pressure. I was just lucky enough to play and try and get my feet wet. And you're just taking everything in. I mean, that's the one thing as an 18-year-old kid. You're just taking everything in. You're not really, you don't really enjoy it. You're just sitting, lapping up as much as you can. You mentioned, you know, Andy Moog, who was a big part of that team too. And and he's doing a lot of work uh, in in the Western League right now with with some goalies and 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 uh, doing some really good work. I mean, how how valuable was it to have that mentorship as far as a veteran guy to kind of show you around? Well, I think the biggest thing is having Andy as a partner. I mean, we pushed each other to be better. You knew you had to play well to be able to play, so we pushed each other to be better. 
And I think part of why I became so good was having Andy there, that we pushed each other and we made each other better. I'm always fascinated with that dynamic, though, too, because, yeah, you're 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 playing the same position. I mean, back then, you know, we probably didn't have goalie coaches like we do now. You see, so you really got to rely on each other. But it's also, I mean, it gets kind of cutthroat at times, right, as far as the only one of you is going to get the net, right? The only one gets the net, but at the same time, we both understood that you're partners. You're there to help each other, too. And if you're pushing each other and both of you are good, then the team's good. So it was kind of a win-win. And I think that was the biggest thing is we both realized that, that it was a win-win. If we both played good, we'd both get to play, and at the same time, the team benefited. Which is true until you get to the point where you're playing 75 games in a year. Well, once, once they traded Andy, that's when I managed to put in a little bit of a workload. Yeah, but at the same time, it was fun. I mean, it was, a, it was my first chance for the National Hockey League to play a lot. And everybody wants to play a lot. I I know Andy wanted to play a lot. I wanted to play a lot. So it was the first chance where I actually got to do it. And to show that you can actually do it. There's a lot of guys that can't play a lot. They can play 45 or 50 games, and then they get burnt out. Whereas they're fairly relaxed. So I was able to play a lot of hockey. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of those... Some of those uh totals you know some of those single season you know game numbers i don't think we're ever going to see a goalie do that again certainly not that 79 game year right well a couple of guys got close there's been a couple of 77s i think there's been a 78 so guys are getting close so when you have to have a coach that believes in you i think that's going to be the biggest thing is will somebody believe that their guy can play 78 79 games that's going to be the biggest thing and then you have to have a guy that believes he can do it and isn't high strong enough that he burns himself out mentally. I mean, physically, you can do it because you you train like everybody else. The players all play 82 games. It's just the mental side of it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, they definitely said about the goalies, and you know, some of them um, some of them are a little on the on the nuts side too, right? That's the greatest position because you get to make a difference every night. And as a player, you can make a mistake. You can have stretches of four or five bad games. As a goalie, you can't do that. You, get, you make a difference every night, whether it be good or bad. But either way, you're going to make a difference. So you don't get that the luxury of having a night off. That's true. So when you when you guys you know really started putting it together and, and started uh, started winning playoff series, I mean how how special is that? To, I mean, what, what's it what's it feel like to to you know win you know four rounds in a year and do it year in and year out? It was a lot of fun. I mean, we just wanted to get keep getting better and better. I think that was the fun part of our team is every year we had a good year. You maybe win a cup. You wanted to do it the next year, but you wanted to have a better year leading into it. So everybody was just trying to get better, and you didn't want to be that guy that didn't get better and drag the team down. So we all pushed each other. How how heavy are those expectations, though, especially after winning a couple? We didn't know any better. I think that was the fun. We were having fun doing it. So we didn't really worry about the expectation side of it. We were just having a good time playing. We're just a bunch of young kids that didn't know any better. And I think that was the fun part of it, is that we didn't know any better. So we played and had fun every night. Yeah, it does sound like a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, again, most of us have never played at, at a high level, and, and, and most of us certainly never been traded. You know, we've we've probably all been dumped, you know, in, in personal relationships or whatever, and I had to start fresh. I mean, how how difficult is that? 
you know, once uh, once you get traded? Well, once they traded Wayne, we all knew we were going to be traded at some point. Yeah. I think that was that was the biggest shock to everybody is once they traded Wayne, then everybody was tradable. And you knew at some point it was going to happen. And I was fortunate enough that before the Oilers existed in WHA, I was a Leaf fan. So if I wanted, if I was ever going to be traded somewhere, going to Toronto for me was a bonus because that's the team you grew up watching. So at four or five years old, watching on TV, you watch the Maple Leafs or the Canadians. I, my dad happened to be a Maple Leaf fan, so I get to watch the Maple Leafs. So to get traded there was a pretty good place to land for a first trade. Now they always say that you know that it's such a pressure cooker in in Toronto, being the, the center of the universe and everything. Was it? Was it like that at that point? And was was the was the pressure super high in, in the in the early nineties like that? I think it was the pressure was really high. I mean, Edmonton had a lot of pressure just because of expectations, but Toronto was different because there's a lot more media. I think that was the biggest difference is there was more media around all the time, and at that time we were a team in transition. We weren't very good, but they were trying to build a team that was getting better. So the expectations weren't as high, but. At the same time, there was more media around, so you get practices critiqued, which was a new experience. And it was just different. I mean, Edmonton had pressure, but Toronto was just a different pressure. Cause it, was, it was something a little bit more different just because of the amount of press. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, that is interesting. And, and it's always fascinating to, you know, to hear from a guy who's, who's lived it, you know, what – what was Buffalo like? I mean, they were kind of coming up at that point, right? They were real real tough and winning games, right? We actually had a good team at Buffalo. I mean, when I get traded to Buffalo, the one year we beat Boston in the first round, we had a chance that we could have had a long run, but Alex McGillney got hurt. Patty LaFontaine got hurt. So that kind of that hurt us a lot, but we had good teams when I was in Buffalo. And it was an easy transition again for me because I played for John Muckler at Edmonton. Hmm. So I kind of stole away and got a good spot again. Yeah, and that was and uh, what I've I've seen folks give you credit for uh, for for bringing along Dominic Hoshik and kind of you know mentoring him a little bit. Was is what was he like when he was uh, when he was young? That was awesome. I mean, I'd known Dom from Canada Cups, so you knew he was good, and I think that's that's the fun part is that you knew how good he was. So again. You had to be good to be able to play. And the same thing in Toronto. We drafted Felix Potvin. You knew Felix was good, and he was going to transition, so you knew you were going to get phased out at some point. So I was lucky enough to play with great goalies, and that's what forced me to be better. And in Buffalo, was a, it was one of those things, yeah, Dom was going to be the guy, so I had that opportunity of staying there or moving on to L.A., well, with Gretz and everybody in LA, it looked like a really good idea. So, moved to LA for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that was yeah, the, yeah. It seemed like that Kings team always had a lot of promise, and it just couldn't. You know, maybe if you would have been there in the, that '93 team, it might have been a little different story. But it was going to get stuck in the transition. The Toronto team got very got really good, and I hadn't got to LA yet, so they ended up playing against each other. Yeah. Yeah, so much. So I, missed all the, I missed the fun there. So, so much of life is just right time, right place, right? That's a lot of it. But at the same time, LA, I got a chance to play a little bit again and try and get my feet back underneath me, and then signed the deal in St. Louis. Yeah, they, uh, and that's you know where we talked about that that workload. I mean, you know, Iron Mike, he he really liked throwing you in the net, didn't he? 
Well, we didn't get off to the greatest of starts, but at the same time, we figured it out, and it was play, and tell me if you're tired. Well, if it's my choice, I'm going to play tired or not tired. So I enjoyed playing, and Mike let me play as much as I wanted to. He's uh, he's He can be difficult to play for, can he? It's just different. I mean, as a goalie, he kind of left you alone. I mean, some of the some of the guys went through strands where he yanked guys out all the time and everything, and I never really worried about that. I just play. It was out of my hands, so that's all you can control is what you do, and the minute you worry about what he's doing, then you're letting something else in, affect your game, so I just played. And it worked out well that way. Well, so much, so much of life is like that. How it, how, how do you look at it? How do you can, you know? And it's easier said than done, as far as you know, controlling your mindset and deciding. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this adversity in this manner. But I mean, it's again a guy that plays your position. You know, it's it's key. It sounds like you got on board with that pretty early. Well, I've always been kind of a glass half full guy. I mean, some guys look at it as the glass as half empty. I've always seen it as a glass half full. How do you fill up the rest of the glass? So you look for the positive and you try and build off of that. You played like we talked about. You played in a in a pretty high scoring era and a lot of a lot of quality teams. Who who were some of the who were some of the guys that that gave you the the most trouble? Who were some of the guys that you had the hardest time making saves on? Guys you didn't you didn't want to face uh, when you'd be coming into the game. Well, Calgary always gave us a hard time. I mean, I think that was. That was the fun part of that era back then is three of the best teams in the league were all in the Swipe division. You had us, you had Calgary, and you had Winnipeg. And they were all three teams were great teams. It's just we had a little more firepower. So every time you played them, you knew it was going to be a hard night. It'd be like that in exhibition. It'd be like that in regular season. And it would go up a couple of notches and be like that in the playoffs. So it was just it was one of those things that you knew every time you played those teams it was going to be hard. You, you mentioned firepower and and Calgary Flames in the same sentence. I mean, what were what were those Saturday nights like as far as everybody grabbing a partner and and pairing off and some of the those games were fun. I mean, everybody played hard. The games were mean, but it was a good time. I mean, yeah, at the time we hated those guys, but at the same time you respected them, and I think that was the biggest thing is. You knew how hard you were playing. You knew how hard they were playing. Yeah, you probably didn't like each other while you were playing, but at the same time, you respected how hard they played. And that's what made it fun. It's actually still fun to those to see those guys around today. Yeah, I imagine. Probably, especially with, uh, you know, the more camaraderie and less violence probably makes it a little even funner, right? That's the fun part of getting old. <laughs> we, can, we can look back at it and laugh now. So... When when you were playing, we didn't have pros in the Olympics, but you were fortunate enough to get to play in a couple of Canada Cups. I mean, what what was it like putting on the, the Maple Leaf? Everybody loves that, right? That's awesome to play for a country. I mean, I think that's one of the fun things that I'm happy I really got a chance to do. I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to have played in the Olympics, but at the same time, to play in the Canada Cup, because that's what it was at that time, was great. And it's on home soil, which makes it even more fun, too. So it's you get to play with the best guys in the National Hockey League. So that's that's another experience that's a lot of fun. You get to see how good everybody is because you see them in practice for a couple of weeks. Yeah, on a couple of a couple of gold medals to, to complement those Stanley Cups. I mean, that's uh, that looks good on the mantle, right? Yeah, winning never hurts. I mean, that's that's the fun part. We were lucky enough 
to win. We had some good battles with the Russians, but it, that's the fun of it. You get to play against the best players from the other countries also. So it was all a matter of getting to see the best against the best. Some Sometimes you hear guys talk about the, some players are motivated by loving the win and some players are motivated by a hatred of losing. I mean, what, how, how do you see the, the difference in the two? I think it's one kind of correlates with the other. I mean, players that love to win hate to lose. So, but sometimes you have to lose to learn how to win. And I mean, we went through that in 83 when we played the Islanders. And they routed us in four games. And what we learned from that is that we had to be better. And it pushed us to be that much better the next year. So we won in 84. And once you get a taste of winning, you really don't want to lose. So one kind of goes in correlation with the other. What I've always read about that 83 series is that the the Islanders were, they were, you know, ice packs on their heads and they were limping around and, and they had really... They paid more of a price than we did. Yeah. That, that was the biggest thing. Like we played the nice, fancy, fast hockey, but they paid more of a price. And we realized if we were going to win championships that we had to pay more of a price. Yes, that's exactly what... This is exactly what uh what I thought that that uh you were gonna say as far as coming from from that other dresser that other room and then when you guys came back for that rematch you 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 le- applied your lessons well right well we were good learners I mean had had the Islanders not showed us what it really took it's hard to say where we would have gotten to so it's one of those things you have to lose to learn how to win and that's you know again we talked about we never we'll never see a a run like the Oilers had, or probably not one like the Islanders had to, to, to set it up. And then the way that, you know, you pass the baton in a, in, a, in a literal sense in this regard. I mean, it's just a pretty, it's a pretty neat story to look back on the way the, the way that er, those eras played out. Yeah, it was about 15 years of pretty good hockey. You look at the Canadians before the Islanders, then the Islanders run, then our run. So that's, that's 15 years of pretty good hockey right there. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty special. Well, I really appreciate your time, Grant. Do you have uh, you have anything else you want to throw out there to the to the Western League fans of, of today? No, that they should go out support the teams. The league's still a great league, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Yes, yes, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you there. And I uh, appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, your movie when it comes out. Thank you. It should be fun. It'll be interesting anyway. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Grant. All right. Have a good night.